I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Leighton Hewitt, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to The Tennis Podcast. It's week two of Wimbledon. It is Manic Monday, and it's a particularly manic Monday for uh, my co-presenter, David Law, because he has come down with suspected food poisoning. I was going to insert some kind of joke here about him being lazy, but it does sound like he's in rather a bad way. When tall guys go down, it takes quite a lot to take them down. So we wish David all the best. And sadly for the listeners, you're stuck with, well, not just me, luckily. I am joined by Simon Briggs. Tennis correspondent for the Daily Telegraph, Simon. Thank you for saving the listeners from a Catherine Whitaker monologue today. <laughs> well, anything to help David out. You know, he's uh, the issue of, t- of, of tall men being difficult to, 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 to bring down is quite relevant today, isn't it? With, with the Karlovich match, was that a deliberate reference, or was that just? <laughs> Actually, it wasn't deliberate. But let's start there because my first question to you was going to be, what would it take? today because it's been a day uh, of no real major upsets what would it take today for Murray not to be the main story in the Telegraph but as as I was planning that intro Djokovic has got himself into a little bit of trouble against Kevin Anderson hasn't he now we're recording this before the end of that match but you've been out there watching it I think talk me through what on earth is going on with Novak Djokovic because he's a set down to Kevin Anderson a man that is very consistent very very decent player but has never really done anything spectacular or out of the ordinary before in his career yeah I mean if Anderson can push through and win this match it would be his standout result uh, Novak's in a, a funny frame of mind he's not moving very well I saw him slip on the turf he I think he's the statistics on the tv said he'd hit one forehand winner and we're what 17 games into the match uh, not dictating not looking comfortable look he's a man who can turn it around with a click of a finger so he's still favorite for sure but uh, not comfortable out there by any means. Lost the first set, 7-6 on the tiebreak with a double fault thrown in at a terrible time. And uh, Anderson was 2-1 on serve when I last saw in the second. And if uh, if Djokovic does get upset there against Kevin Anderson, does that, does that change all of the editor's plans for the paper tomorrow? Yeah, I guess it would. It would be a major rewrite. Uh, the man is so consistent. Um, and I'm sure he's still the bookie's favourite to win this tournament. So that would be uh, a seismic if Anderson can pull it off. My guess is, though, that as things stand at the moment, until if, until or if Anderson does cause that upset, Andy Murray is dominating the pages tomorrow. Talk me through what you thought of his performance. I thought there were two men in the world who could have stopped Karlovic today. Andy and Roger Federer, I don't think anyone else would have beaten him. I thought he was unbelievable the way he served, the way he played. 
it was an incredible match, but it was also a bit of a nightmare of a watch because you just feel this incredible pressure. I mean, maybe I'm being a partisan British fan here, but you feel this incredible pressure when Andy's playing or anyone's playing Karlovic. If you go behind, he relaxes and he just hits lines game after game after game on his serve and you are completely powerless. So all those amazing skills that these top players have, they are completely useless against him when he's on. Uh, so you have to stay ahead of him. You have to hold your own service games. I thought it was an incredible match, but I did, I did find it a difficult watch. I think I described it as the, the Blair Witch Project with rackets in the Telegraph. It was quite incredible, wasn't it? Because, as you say, Ivo Kolovic, dangerous on any day, but was playing particularly well today, I think. And uh, I, I, don't, I, I can't imagine any player not having lost a set to him today. I think it was an incredibly strong performance from Andy Murray to come through that one in the way that he did. And his reward for that slightly tricky fourth-round draw is a, with no disrespect to defending doubles champion Vasek Pospisil, a relatively cushy quarter-final draw, I would say. Yeah, and in fact, Pospisil is on court as well. There's still a lot going on around here, and we're coming up to quarter past seven. He's on court with Jack Sock, and he's playing against Jamie Murray in a, in a neat little storyline out there. And, and Sock and Pospisil lost the first two sets, so he's already played a five-set singles match today. He's going to five sets in the doubles match, I think. Uh, I can't confirm if they have won the fourth set, but it looks like... Um, Pospisil and Sock were going to win the fourth set so uh, Jamie doing every bit he can to help his brother out there Now speaking of brothers, siblings Venus and Serena, I said uh, well now look stupidly on Saturday, that was probably the most enticing matchup between those two uh, in recent years, although they haven't played at a grandstand for six years, it was very disappointing wasn't it Simon? Well, I thought the tennis was okay. I've I, I, I got to say, I, I didn't uh, go on court for that one. I was um, sort of dealing with a few other things before getting ready for the Murray match. I thought that it looked like they were um, striking the ball pretty well, and it was, it was quite a, a fast-paced, um, high-quality match. I mean, there was no great drama. I mean, that's the point, isn't it? You wouldn't necessarily expect there to be any great drama when you look at their respective results. Uh, this is a woman in Serena who's won seven of the last 12 slams. Um, Venus has been obviously battling um, illness in the last couple of years with the autoimmune condition that she has. Look, she's, she's 16 in the world now. She's going back up again. Um, but th there was never any great suspense because Serena broke early in the first set, broke in the middle of the second, I think, and uh, was just a little bit too good. Uh, I, I thought the quality of the tennis was okay. Can anyone stop Serena now? You wouldn't have thought so, but uh, the Azarenka... Uh, quarter-finals quite juicy. I mean, uh, the, we were looking back at the French Open match they played, which, which was a great uh, theatre as well as being high quality. Uh, there was a moment where there was, a, there was an overall, I think, which um, led Azarenka to flip her, her hand at, at, uh, at Serena. And uh, Serena replied with, uh, don't give me the hand, girl. And it was kind of like all getting a bit personal and tasty from two women who actually quite often talk about the fact that they get on pretty well off the court. Uh, and they, they, they did um, seem to have buried the hatchet quite effectively post-match. But it was a great contest. So let's, let's hope we get some of that tomorrow. Yeah, Azarenka also served for the match against her in Madrid, I think, and threw in three double faults in that game. So she's taken her really close on all recent occasions. And Victoria Azarenka took very swift, impressive care of Belinda Bencic today, I thought. Yeah, I tipped Bencic to go to the semis, so slightly disappointed by that one. But um, so what do you think of this statistic then? The, uh, the eight quarter finalists from last year's Wimbledon have all gone out.
I think uh, we brought that up on live at Wimbledon today because it was such an alarming statistic when that came through. And then I I actually looked at it more closely and I thought it was more a reflection or largely a reflection on how many surprises and upsets there were in last year's Wimbledon than in this year. I think it reflects two things. The number of upsets there were last year, Sharapova, Serena, not getting uh, to the latter stages, but also these youngsters now fulfilling uh, their promise. Madison Keys, Tamea Bashinsky. So I mean Belinda Bencic out today, but it's a really big breakthrough for her here. Madison Keys, is there any reason why she can't win it? Well it's only between the ears, isn't it? If she um gets into a rhythm, uh, she can equal Serena for power. In fact, uh, I think it was a statistic, wasn't there? Last last year's French Open, didn't she have the highest average velocity on her ground strokes of any player in the men's or the women's draw? I think that's right. So men's or women's yeah, draw, crikey! So. Because I, I guess maybe she hits it flatter than most of the men, um, but she absolutely hammers the, the, the hell out of that thing. I mean, it's uh, if she came up against um, Serena, it would be a truly thunderous contest. It would. That would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Now, on to the rest of the men's matches that we've seen today. Roger Federer on court at the moment looks to be taking uh, pretty straightforward care of Roberto Batista. Who's done well to get to the fourth round? Yeah, I think he um, didn't he get absolutely uh, destroyed last year by Andy Murray in the second or third round. Anyway, um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an exhibition really on centre for Roger. That's why I think that he probably is the only other player who would have been able to put Karlovic away. He's done well against Karlovic in the past. So those, I think Andy and Roger are the outstanding male performers of, of the first eight days we've had now. Or is it seven days, I suppose, if you count the Sunday off, rather. Anyway, they, um, they are looking a class apart. And, I, well, we're standing up here, so we're not watching Novak, but he, uh, he certainly is showing signs of flakiness against Anderson on court number one. And in terms of the tastiest matchups. Of, uh, of the quarterfinals on the men's sides. Are you looking at Gasquet Vavrinka and the uh, smorgasbord of single-handed backhands that that will be? Yeah, well, can we talk about Kyrgios v. Gasquet? Uh, I mean, that's going back a step. That was mind-bendingly weird, wasn't it? Uh, today, Gasquet putting one over Kyrgios in four sets. Uh, the second set, uh, 6-1... Uh, affair in which uh, Kyrgios got an early code of conduct warning for uh, obscenity and then started walking around the court. So he was, he was walking between points and then he was walking to the ball as Gasquet served it. So we're, we're waiting to see whether he might get hit with some sort of fine there because it's not, not, not actually um, within... Well, there, there are rules against making a mockery of the game by not attempting to win points. I mean, it's not unusual, is it, in tennis for if you're seriously down in a set to start conserving energy, looking ahead to the net set, not putting 100% effort in. However, I would say what Nick Kyrgios was doing there, A, started a bit earlier than that in that second set, and B, went a bit further than that. I mean, as you say, he was he looked glued to the court at some stages, didn't he? Uh, what Would you call that... Do you think he tanked away that set? Well, totally, but I don't think it was like a strategic decision. It was, um, it was a 10-year-old tantrum. That's what it was. You don't think it was him thinking, well, I beat him from two sets of love down last year. What I need is to go two sets of love down and somehow put myself in that same mental position. You don't think that was an element? Uh, well, I mean, as you say, it wasn't like he was conserving energy. It was just like he was being a complete idiot. Uh, <laughs> we've been through the curious issue uh, and then the, how he divides opinion. But uh, to, to just not even move to the ball when it's been served at you, apart from anything else, incredibly disrespectful. 
um, to go out on the court and, and not attempt to win points. Well, that's what Mats Verlander says whenever he's asked about Nick Kyrgios. He says, basically brilliant, but when he starts disrespecting his opponents, that's when things really have to change. His tolerance for that is absolutely zero, and that's when Nick Kyrgios seems to be crossing the line a bit. Tell me what happened with Kyrgios's socks today. Oh, that was brilliant. So he, so he has a, a rant early in the third set. He sits down and he says to the umpire, I'm wearing two pairs of socks and I'm taking one of them off. If you get angry with me about this, that is different level. And he goes off on about how Rafa takes 30 seconds between every point. That, that, that is a little um, element which I do agree with him because Nick is very, very quick. So he maybe deserves a little bit of um, room to manoeuvre. But then, then he yells across at Gasquet and said, Richard, I'm taking a pair of socks off, all right? And Richard's now standing, Richard Gasquet is now standing in the middle of the court waiting for him to turn up on at the end of the changeover. And then, he, and then I, don't know what, I don't know what he does, but Kyrgios says to the umpire, he's fine. And then he sort of looks down and goes, unbelievable. <laughs> it was quality. I really enjoyed that. See, that's the good side of Nick Kyrgios, isn't it? I mean, we'll take as much of that as we can get, really. I mean, that's box office. Um, one, although it's been very good news for the Brits today in terms of Andy Murray, something that's not such good news for the Brits is how well French players are doing here. Gilles <laughs> Simon, Richard Gasquet, Gilles Simon looked incredible. He, uh, he absolutely demolished Thomas Burditch. Right, well, what do we think about Thomas Burditch? I mean, wow, this guy, he's been climbing up the rankings this year, and then he goes to a slam, and he just falls apart. I mean, he was dreadful in the French. I, I, I haven't looked it up. I can't remember who he lost to in the French, but I remember that it was a real shoddy performance. Can you remember? It was fourth round. I can't remember, but uh, it was... I don't think it was Monfils. He was uh, he was on a record of having reached the quarterfinals or better of every single event he's played this season, and he's broken that duck at the two Grand Slams, failing to reach yeah. the quarterfinals at the French Open at Wimbledon, two places where he would have been targeting. I mean, he's got his sight. He's not going to if he retires without a Grand Slam title. He's he'll be disappointed, won't he? But he's twenty eight, twenty nine now. And he doesn't seem to be getting any closer. No, he's getting further away. That's the weird thing. This year, his results have become more consistent against everybody ranked below him. Well, not quite everybody. Against the rank and file, he's been more efficient. Then he comes to the slams. And what was it today against um, Simon? Was it two, two and three or something? That is an absolute toweling against the guy who, who is ranked several places below him. It's, it's a complete head-scratcher. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Danny Valverde and Jez Green, who are the, who Andy's former support staff, who I, I know pretty well, like a lot, and they're working their socks off with Thomas to try and get him over the line, and they've got results out of him at the smaller tournaments, and his ranking's going up, and yet, at the slams, it, it seems to almost be becoming a mental block now, uh, and it's just so peculiar, because these guys in the top 10 are normally so consistent, and and for him to completely blow up in two successive slams so early is extraordinary. Now, just finally, before I let you go to an Andy Murray press conference, which is uh, presumably very important for the Telegraph's yeah. tennis correspondent, uh, I must ask you, Stan Wawrinka, can he win it? A good win for him against Goffin today in straight sets, but he did a bit afterwards that he wasn't actually that happy with the way he played. He said, I think he used the word, he said, I was soft and I didn't move uh, great. So... You know, Stan's not a grass court specialist. He's slightly fish out of water in these conditions. Yeah, I mean, he can beat anybody if he comes out and just finds a vein of, of, of inspiration. But uh, I wouldn't say that he's showing that he's adapted ideally thus far. So he's going to have to go up another level to be a finalist. 
We are the Tennis Podcast. We're brought to you in association with The Telegraph and we are supported by BNP Paribas, the bank for a changing world. We'll speak to you tomorrow. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Are you a reality TV junkie? Do you ever think, dang, I wish I had someone to talk to about all the trash TV that I watch? Well, look no further, garbage lover, because Reality Gaze is a podcast for you. Hello, I'm Maddie. And I'm Poodle, and we're the Reality Gaze. We talk about all your favorite unscripted shows like The Golden Bachelor, Love is Blind, and TLC's big, messy behemoth, 90 Day Fiance. And if you're driving to work, folding laundry, or just pretending to listen to your husband talk about sports, just put on the pod, and you've instantly got two gay besties spilling all the tea and reading these people for filth. So come at us, y'all. Find Reality Gaze wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>